You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. We started a brand new series called This Is The Way, Eight Marks of a Disciple of Jesus. And we really are going for a Mandalorian, Star Wars vibe here. And if you are not that into Star Wars, um, that's okay. Here's like the basics that you need to know just for this series. So Mandalorian are like a people group, <laughs> like a species in the, in the Star Wars cinematic universe. I feel like I'm going to get roasted by Star Wars fans for this explanation, but Jaden nodded his head, so I just, I feel like there's some affirmation there. So, so they're basically like a, okay, I'm going to keep going. Kareen is, is our awesome audio production friend, and she's just going to figure that, yeah, show some Kareen some love. So... Okay, so the Mandalorian, people group, species, I don't know, they're a type of people in Star Wars cinematic. Part of their culture is they have like a way of life. They have things that they value. They have um, kind of like a set of rules that helps dictate, you're totally good, um, that helps dictate the way that they live their lives. And so something that they will do is when they, thank you so much, Kareen, you're the best. Something that they will do after they've made a certain decision and they've decided to do some sort of behavior, they will say, this is the way. Nice, yeah, you guys know it. And then if they're with other Mandalorian people, then the other Mandalorian will like affirm that decision by answering, this is the way. And it's a way of like affirming that they are living in the ways that their people are asking them to live. And I think in a similar way, Jesus invites his disciples to engage in a certain way of life. But he says in John chapter 14, verse six, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So his disciples, his followers, are living after his ways and following his lead And so if you were here last week, you maybe heard me share this fact, maybe you already know this, but another really cool thing about that is that early Christianity, right after Jesus's life, death, and resurrection, Christianity was not called Christianity, it was called the way. And there was something about not just what these people believed, but how they lived their lives that was so different from the rest of the world. And that is what this series is all about, talking about how do we actually follow Jesus. And if you missed last Wednesday night, I would really encourage you to scan the QR code on your notes after tonight so that you can listen to the podcast of that sermon. That's really important because there's a reason that we did not start this series with tonight's topic. There's a reason that we did not start this series about worship or prayer. We started this series about how Jesus invites his disciples to be with him before he ever asks them to do anything for him. 
So last week we talked about how disciples drop everything and follow Jesus. And tonight we are talking about how disciples love God's word. So would you do this for me? Would you? Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, would you guys do this for me? Would you open up your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Thank you again to Corrine and our awesome production team for getting us set up. Okay, so disciples love God's Word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17 says, All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Scripture is, it claims to be inspired by the Holy Spirit, which means that there is one divine author who's responsible for our Bibles, but he used over 40 human authors to actually pen down his word. And the Bible is one book, but it's a collection of many books, 66 to be exact, that were written across a span of 1,500 years in three original languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. Now, the Bible itself, not just in 2 Timothy, but all over Scripture, it claims to be God's word. But there is external evidence, meaning evidence beyond what's internal, evidence beyond the Bible that supports the reliability and the validity of God's word. And I'm just going to share a few of those with you right now. The Bible is not a history textbook, but it contains a lot of historical facts. And that's really helpful and important because what many historians, people, historians who are believers and secular historians have actually confirmed the existence of over 100 biblical characters. And that might not seem like a big deal, but for ancient manuscripts, like for an ancient text, scholars will tell you that that is overwhelming evidence and support for the validity of what is written in God's word. Archaeologists have also found artifacts and buildings and and different things that like in the ground that have also supported what is found in God's word. And in addition to the actual words written down, in about the 1950s, people made a discovery that we call the Dead Sea Scrolls. And the reason why that was so significant is because they included manuscripts of the Old Testament, and they were over 1,000 years older than the oldest manuscripts that we had had. And something that is so important about that is that the accuracy... So what was actually written in those Dead Sea Scrolls matched up over 99% to our other manuscripts, which means that we can have confidence that what people wrote down as God's word, when people, when scribes would copy God's word, that they were accurate. 
And the big takeaway that I want all of us to see from this is that we have overwhelming evidence that the scripture we hold today is the same God-breathed scripture that 2 Timothy was talking about. But the Bible, just like Mo was leading us in worship, so powerful, God's word is not just like old words. <laughs> it actually claims to be useful. Again, looking at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, scripture claims to be useful for teaching, meaning it helps us learn what is true. But the Bible is also helpful for rebuking. And I love that Mo said, we don't have a live, laugh, love Bible. <laughs> Sometimes we treat it that way. Sometimes we're like, oh, you're struggling? Like, here, like, just here's God's word. It'll fix everything. And in a lot of ways, that, that is true. The Bible is the most encouraging words I believe you will ever read in your life. But I've said this before, and I'll keep saying it because I love you. Reading God's word does not always feel good. It won't always feel good because God's word, through his Holy Spirit and through his Holy Scriptures, is going to call us out when we are in sin, and when we are in the wrong. And so that hurts. But the Bible doesn't just rebuke us and leave us sitting in our sin and shame trying to figure out how to get out of it ourselves. The, God's word is also helpful for correcting, for helping to put us back on track with Jesus. And the Bible is also useful for training in righteousness, training in righteousness, that it guides us for growing in Jesus. And a word that we use a lot is called sanctification. Sanctification, which means the process of being set apart for God. It's the process that believers, as they rely on the Holy Spirit, he transforms us to look more and more like Christ. And HSM, if you are ready to be thoroughly equipped to serve God. If you want to be ready to serve God, what the Greek, the original language in 2 Timothy, to be thoroughly equipped means to be completely adequate or sufficient for something. If that's what you want to be for the Lord, then love God's word. Love God's word. Through the Holy Spirit, he can prepare you to serve him. And he's given us a training guide. He's giving us a user manual. And sometimes like when you get a new laptop or a new phone, like that comes with a user guide. And if you're anything like me, you just throw it away and never open it. But we should not do that with God's word. He's literally given us the directions on how to best follow him and live our lives. And so we need to love it. In Joshua chapter 1, verses 8 through 9, the Lord speaks to the new young leader, Joshua of Israel. And starting in verse 8, he says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. 
These are some of my favorite verses in all of scripture. I just love how it challenges our understanding of what strength and courage and success is. Because the world, and and putting myself there too, I sometimes believe that my success is how well I do my job. Or it's how many followers we have. Or what clothes we have. Or who's talking to who. And biblical courage and strength and success is actually being obedient to God's word. And it supports this idea that if you love the Lord, if you want to follow him, then you need to learn to love his word. But I totally get that once you're like, okay, I trust that this is God's word. And I know that it's important for me to engage with it. But how do I do that? Like that's really, it can be intimidating. And I just want you to know that if you've never really opened your Bible before, I'm so glad that you're here. We're going to try to be encouraging each other to grow in that area. And it did not become a, a habit of mine to open up God's word every day until I was a sophomore in college. It, it took me a, a lot of years following Jesus. And so I'm so proud of you all for taking those steps before I did. And so... For the rest of our time tonight before life groups, I'm going to show you guys an illustration that I learned in college. It's um, something that I learned through a college ministry called The Navigators, and it's called The Word Hand. And I hope that you will find it as helpful to start understanding more what it looks like to engage with God's word. So here's what I want you to do. Your sermon notes look a little bit different this week, and that's on purpose. I want you to take your sermon notes and flip it over to the back side and trace your hand. Trace your hand on the back. I know arts and crafts, we're going back to elementary school, but grab a pen. Yes, thank you. Taylor, use the ground if you need to. Big brain. Trace your hand. It should look something like this. It's a hand, so... Trace your hand. Don't worry. Nobody's going to look at it. Nobody's going to judge it. You will not get a grade for this. But quickly, quickly, trace your hand. And then write the word hand. Write the word hand on the top or somewhere on your paper. And when you're done, look at me so I know that you're ready. Thank you, Chris. A plus. A plus. I'm just kidding. I am giving you grades for this. I'm just kidding. Okay, so you have the word hand, and we are going to be talking about five ways. Everyone, when you're done with your hand, look up here. We're going to be talking about five ways that you can interact with God's word so you can get a firm grasp on it. So in the pinky, I want you to write here. And Romans chapter 10, verse 17. One of the first ways that we can engage with God's word is we can hear God's word. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. And as you guys are finishing up your hands, stop talking to your neighbors and look up here. One of the easiest ways that we can interact with God's word is we can hear it. And we can do that. The Bible app actually has um, a feature on it that you can um, hear audio of someone reading the chapter that you have. I also really like this app called Dwell. 
if you write that down, this app called Dwell. And it's basically the same thing, but you can also like put background music to it. And so I really like using that to hear God's word. But we also hear God's word when, like this, we gather together and we hear a message. And please keep me accountable that whenever I'm up here, I better be preaching God's word because that's an opportunity for you to hear it. And so I need some help to do a little bit of a demonstration. So Grace uh, Ayala, would you come up here for a second, please? Yeah, come on up here. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. You, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Let's use your Bible. Let's use it. Yeah. So Grace, okay. So. One of the first ways we can engage with God's word is we can hear it. So let me have your Bible and pinky out, Grace. I want you to try to hold God's word. Okay, ready? Maybe come front, maybe ahead of this. Yeah. Oh, that's a good Bible. Yeah, yeah, let's use this one. Let's use this one. Okay, okay. Oh, <laughs> okay, Grace, uh, would you try holding God's word for me, please? Oh, okay. Um, let's, maybe, maybe that was like a one-time thing. Yeah, yeah, okay, let's try again. Let's try again. And, oh, okay, so <laughs> hearing God's word, thank you, Grace. Give it up for Grace. Give it up for Grace. Oh, sorry, yeah, take your Bible, take your Bible. Hearing God's word is great, but it's not enough. Your pinky finger, the reason why engaging with God's word, hearing, is your pinky finger is because your pinky finger is important, but it's also your weakest finger. And we only retain a small percentage of what we hear. And that's why we really encourage you students to be taking notes while we are listening to the messages. That's why we encourage and emphasize life groups so much so that you can discuss and go deeper what we've talked about. So we need a little bit more than just hearing God's word. So the next finger, your ring finger, is read. Read, read God's word. Revelation chapter one, verse three says, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it because the time is near. This is one of the only places in scripture that tells its readers that when they read it, they will be blessed. God's word, after all, is his word so reading it is pretty essential. And that's the reason why we offer Bible reading plans to you students. That's why we encourage you to be in God's word every day because we need to read it in order to know what it says. And I need help again. Magruder, would you get up here, please? Thank you. I have a Bible for you. Don't worry. Okay. So we can hear the word. And we can read the word. So with those two fingers, Grace, would you try holding this Bible? Yeah, yeah. Maybe try that way. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Give it up for Grace. Give it up for Grace. Thank you so much. So you can, read, you can hear the word. You can read it. But you still don't have a firm grasp on God's word. I see Josiah showing off in the back. That's okay. Yeah, you'll come up for the next one. Get ready, okay? So, <laughs> so, so. We need to go deeper, and so we need to find another way to engage with God's word. The next finger is study. We can study God's word. In Acts chapter 17, verse 11, Scripture says, Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. 
For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. They examined the scriptures to see if what Paul said was true. And you may be wondering, okay, how is studying different than reading? You know the answer to that, even if you don't think that you do. Right now, out loud, just tell me, how do you study for your tests at school? I didn't think that went through. Uh, <laughs> didn't really hear any of you. Uh, so sorry. But uh, let me guess. You ask more questions, right? You do more research. Everyone look back up here. Look back up here. I don't want you to miss this. You do further research. You test yourself. You dig deeper. And God invites us to do that with his word. When I mentioned the original languages of the Bible, that's one of the ways that we can study his word is because that's the original language that the Holy Spirit said was inspired. And so there are things that literally get lost in translation when we read it in English. And so we can go back and look at original language. And what's cool is that when you study God's word, it's a way to keep me and your life group leaders accountable. Because you can ask the question, does my study of God's word align with what my leaders and what my pastor is teaching me? It's, it's a way to keep us accountable. And so Josiah, get up here. Get on up here. And you better run. Got to get this going. So we have talked about, sir, that you can read God's word, that you can, sorry, you can hear God's word. You can hear God's word and you can study God's word. And so, Josiah, those three fingers, please try holding God's word. Nice. Pretty cool, right? Okay, so Josiah, yes, well done. Josiah is like completely upholding God's word by hearing it, reading it, and studying it. So that's great, but it's not manageable for long because are you getting a little tired, Josiah? Yeah, just a little bit, just getting a little tired. And then when we get challenged in our faith, maybe you are watching a video on TikTok or Instagram Reels and it says something that challenges something that you have believed. Or maybe the enemy tries lying to you and tries to tell you that, no, you are not a child of God. Maybe the enemy is trying to tempt you to do something that you know God's word says not to do. And so when that hardship comes and you are challenged, it is so easy, it is so easy to, thank you, Josiah, you're the best, sorry, thank you. When those hardships come, it is so easy to just let go of God's word. It's so easy to say, well, that's okay. Maybe it doesn't really say that, or I'm not going to trust what God's word says. It's we still need to go deeper. We need a firmer grasp, and so let's move on. The next way that we can interact with God's word is we can memorize it. We can memorize it. Psalm chapter 119 verses 9 through 11 say, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. 
I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. On Wednesday nights, while we're here, our awesome kids ministry is also meeting on campus for something that they call Awana. And Awana is all about, yes, Cole, amen. Awana is all about hiding God's word in your heart. And you can do that by memorizing scripture. And if you constantly forget what scripture says, like I do, if it's hard to remember when you are in those fe- when you're in those times of being tempted by the enemy or lied to by the enemy or being challenged and you can't quite remember what God's word says, then try memorizing it. And David, as he was hosting, he shared a little bit about the armor of God. And in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about how we as Christ followers can like put on armor as we face our battles every day. And verse 17 says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Our only like weapon in the armor of God is the sword. And so it feels pretty foolish to live our lives without actually knowing what it says. Reese, would you come up here for me, please? So we got, you can hear God's word, you can read God's word, you can study it, and you can memorize it. Thank you so much, you're a pro. Look at that. Much better, even better than Josiah. And, and it's, still, it's still there. Reese is upholding God's word. Josiah, you know I love you. But again, it's really easy for the word to still be taken away from us. We need to go one step further. Thank you so much, Reese. And we have come to the last way that we can interact with God's word. And this is just five of them, okay? I'm not saying these are the only ways. These are just five of them. And we get to the thumb, and the thumb is we can meditate on God's word. Meditate. Everyone look up here. Psalm chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 talks about, How blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Meditating on God's word, meaning to deeply think about it, and let each word sink into your heart. That is kind of like the final step of hiding God's word in your heart. And something that's cool, the reason why meditate is your thumb is because it's the only finger that can kind of easily touch all the other fingers. So you can meditate on what you hear from God's word. You can meditate on what you read. Meditate on what you study and meditate on what you memorize. And when you put all those things together, Jaden, would you come up here for me, please? Yeah, Jaden. All right, so we got Jaden up here. He's, you know, pretty strong, football, all that stuff. So when you put all those things together, if you would hold God's word for me, please. When the enemy comes at you. 
or when trials and temptations come, when someone challenges your faith, it is much harder. (laughs) It is much harder for someone to take God's word away from you because you know what it says. You've heard it, you've read it, you've studied it, you've memorized it, and you've meditated on it, and altogether you have a firm grasp on God's word. Would you thank Jaden for me, please? Thank you. And here's the thing, here's the thing, HSM. Here's the thing. We will never fully master and know everything that there is to know about God's word. Okay, and until eternity, until we are with Jesus, we're just never going to know. But, but when we are tempted and challenged, just like we've been talking about, we can have a firmer grip on God's word. We can better prepare ourselves as we go about our lives following Jesus. And I think about when Jesus, right as he started his ministry, was tempted in the desert by the enemy. And how did Jesus fight him off? He quoted God's word. And I hope and pray that right now you are feeling even just a little bit more equipped to actually interact with God's word. And because of that, I'm going to give you your week two challenge for the way. So if you take out your bookmarks, if you missed it last week, along with this series is a semester-long challenge. And basically, every Wednesday night that we do this series will come with a specific challenge that pertains to that subject. And if at least half of your life group takes that challenge, then you get a point. Your life group gets a point. And if at the end of the semester, your life group together has at least seven out of eight points, your group is getting a Raising Cane's party. And remember how I talked about, remember how I talked about, truly, I want all of HSM to have this Raising Cane's party. I want all of us to take these challenges seriously because, again, it's not about the challenge. It's not about the challenge. It's how we can connect with God through the things that we're talking about. And so your week two challenge is to interact with God's word in every element of the word hand. So specific directions are there, but I want you to hear God's word, read it, study, memorize, and meditate. And to receive your point, by next Wednesday night, you need to tell your life group leader what scriptures you used for each of those things. Now again, as we wrap up, tonight is about not disciples know everything there is to know about God's word. It's not that disciples have the whole Bible memorized, but it hasn't actually sunk into their heart. The second mark of a disciple is that disciples love God's word. And at first, again, if you haven't really opened your Bible much in your life, that's okay. Just like anything, it's at first going to feel a little awkward. And it might even be a little bit scary. And you might not love God's word yet, but if you love God and you stick with it, if you are faithful in opening up God's word and engaging it in the ways that we talked about tonight and even more, even when it's confusing 
or scary or boring or intimidating. I really believe that through the Holy Spirit and through the Holy Scriptures, you will see more of God's heart and love for you. And through that, you will truly love God's word. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for every single person in this room, and we praise you for your word. Thank you that you have written us a love letter. Thank you that you have given us instructions on how best to follow you. And I pray that tonight that you raise up in this room more and more disciples of you, followers of you who love